praised be Jesus Christ. Now and forever. I'm Alexandra Sullivan. And I'm Father Connolly. Welcome to Raising Saints, Helping Kids Hear God's Voice. We're a priest and a mom who are eager to do our best to answer kids' questions about God, the church, the faith, and more. Most importantly, to help them to grow in their relationship with God and ultimately hear His voice. Helping kids hear God's voice. Here's host Alexandra Sullivan and co-host Father Connolly. How you doing, Alexandra? I'm doing great today, Samantha. Okay, Father Connolly. I'm also good, thanks. (laughs) Okay, here's the mic. Thanks for that tremendous intro. So we had that lovely intro yes, from Samantha. Have, we have an announcer now. How exciting. <laughs> Moving up in the world. Do we have to pay her? No, she gets some free room and board here. Oh, good. Yeah. Okay. So- <laughs> have your people call her people type of thing. That's right. I am her people, actually. <laughs> so um, so that was Samantha Yeah. introducing us. Well. Our little ham. Yes. Yeah. What a great personality. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So go ahead. Why don't let's, we start with a prayer? That's it. Let's do that. In the name of the Father and Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. amen. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. As it, as was, it was in the beginning, beginning is now, now and ever shall be. World, world without, without end. end. Amen. amen. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Something I've been thinking about. Yes. Uh, and I think this would be good for us to discuss today. So this isn't this episode isn't particularly uh, a question asked by a child, which is our, our usual model, but something certainly relevant um, for this podcast. So Christmas is right around the corner. Mm-hmm. It is. That sounds crazy, but just go to CVS. It's a good indication of how your priests are, are planning for the parish. Yeah, it's like, I don't know. I feel like it's like 50 or some less than 50 days or something. I don't know. Whatever it is. <laughs> uh, it's and, and this year in particular, so at St. Columba, our pastor, Father Michael, and I have been talking about what on earth are we going to do? Mm-hmm. Because this year, it's really hard to predict. Every year, you can usually predict that you're going to get your usual people and a massive group of people who sort of surprise you, who right. show up for Christmas Mass, and 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 you're overjoyed to see them. Yeah. You know? Um, are, there, are there some cranky folks out there who will say, oh, you don't come the rest of the year. Why are you here? You know what, folks? Relax. Okay. How about a little kindness? How about a little grace and mm-hmm. say, thank Welcome God they're back. here. Yeah. Happy to see you. Mm-hmm. Maybe a positive experience will, will, will encourage some people to stick around. Right. So that's always a good thing mm-hmm. this year with the pandemic. It's uh, yeah, it, it's, it's a little daunting because first of all, at best we could allow about 40 ish percent of right. our capacity. Okay, well, we could also use some other space in the school, you know, mm-hmm. and, and set that up for mass. And but even there, same thing. But you normally do e- that, right? Right, and it's, and it's packed. So whereas, for instance, at St. Columba, we're usually, you know, for two masses at four o'clock between the school and the church, we get over a thousand people yeah. showing up for mass. Which again, 
Praise God. That's beautiful. Uh, but in terms of planning, it, it causes a, a problem this year because you wonder, well, we can only allow not even half of that number. But then another question is, is there any way to expect what the number will be? Because mm-hmm. on the one hand, you could see a lot of those people saying, you know what? I'm still just, I'm not comfortable with this. Yeah. And uh, so we're not going to go. It's, you know, if it's going to be a crowd with everything going on this year, just sure. not there. Sure. Okay. Understood. Yeah. God bless you. Um, hope to see you next year. You know, we just mm-hmm. keep praying that this will be behind us sooner rather than later. On the other hand, could it be that maybe a lot of people who have not really been coming back yet since uh, since March, are they going to decide, you know what? It's Christmas, darn it. And we're going. <laughs> we're going to church. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, he is the light in the darkness. He breaks through the, the darkness of, of humanity, of human sin, of human imperfection to shine the divine light in our midst. And mm-hmm. that's the message of Christmas. And, right. and who doesn't need that this year? Right? I think everybody Especially, was dying for that message this year. Yeah. yeah. So you could see a number of people going that way. Again, that's beautiful. Mm-hmm. You want to accommodate that. It would be heartbreaking to on Christmas of all days to have to say, there's no room in the inn. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, so anyway, where am I going with this? No matter who comes on Christmas, it, part of the problem is trying to predict numbers. And part of that has been the amount who have come back. Now, yes, we attribute a lot of that to the, the pandemic and yeah. concerns about that. But at the same time, it's it's pretty much been proven, right? The proof is in the pudding. Yeah. Even though perhaps some numbers are spiking again in the county, and what, there's not been a single report of anyone, um, you know, having having a, a COVID concern in the parish. Thank God. Uh, right. Yes, thank God. And and I think the precautions that we're taking, they're they're working. There yeah. was a parish in the archdiocese where. We were talking about this before, too, that the priests found out after the fact that both priests were, in fact, COVID positive and they had celebrated First Communions. That's a nightmare. Yeah. But then a few weeks later, a buddy of mine said, oh, have you heard anything about that parish? And we both at that moment realized, wait a minute, we we haven't. Yeah. But that's a good thing. That means we're not hearing anything. In fact, there's not been any spread. Yeah. uh, At least not reported. Which means that those protocol that are in place, the the distance, the mask wearing, the sanitizing, and the liturgical sort of um, uh, precautions that the priest wears a mask while he distributes communion, has sanitizer right next to him so that if he feels he's touched someone's tongue or hand, he stops and sanitizes his hands. Um, There, you know. All sorts of measures yeah. taken. So it's working. It's working. It's right. working. So again, <laughs> where am I going with yes, this? Yes, where are you? With If it's a matter of just health concern, of course, we understand that. Yeah. But at the same time, I think we're showing that you can safely attend Mass now. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're not even getting half of no. the amount of people who would have been coming before. Right. Attendance is, is down a lot. So this speaks to a greater reality that we've been facing for years, yeah. for many years. And I wonder if it's just now really kind of accelerated by the pandemic, certainly not created by the no, pandemic. No, of course not. And that is people leaving. 
mm-hmm. and not coming back. Yeah, well, Bishop Barron talks all about the nuns and the younger generation who are growing up with no faith affiliation whatsoever. So that's a growing trend in the country in general. So I guess we wanted to talk a little bit about um, why that is or or as a parent, how we can. um, So this this issue of people leaving the church, straying from the flock, Mm -hmm. not coming back in light of the future for our children. Yeah. Cause it's something that causes them a lot of concern. Yeah. And I see that on at the, at the parish level, you know, in the school and mm-hmm. religious ed. And when I talk to kids in, in the local high school and we're preaching this message to them that this, the Catholic church is the one true church. This yeah. is the one true faith instituted by Christ himself, the mystical body of Christ on earth, the, where we encounter him sacramentally and, and, and in prayer and how, it's through the church that we experience Christ, who is the fulfillment of every longing of our heart, every desire we didn't know we had. Mm-hmm. All I mean, this is a profound, life-changing message. Mm-hmm. And however, they're not seeing evidence that that's true. No. What they're seeing is people saying, no. It's not really I, I, This I isn't a big deal. Yeah. And let's call a spade a spade here. And uh, and I say this in, in all charity and, and all respect, but also I think some... Uh, some justified, um, perhaps doubt, or or just not questioning authority in the sense of oh, Father Connolly's an anarchist, you know? No, not <laughs> at all. But I think th- the church is certainly a divinely instituted church, but it's run by by humans mm-hmm. who are fallible, who are imperfect. Mm-hmm. And again, just putting it in light of the 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 coronavirus pandemic, I've said from day one, I- I'm I'm suspicious of the response of the bishops at large Mm -hmm. right and again with all due respect i say this but i would say this directly to them if if asked (laughs) though i'm sure i wouldn't be (laughs) you've been Um, consulted by the bishops yeah we 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 couldn't have expected what was coming sure um and absolutely measures needed to be taken to to make sure we could um foster the the safety and you know uh, with regard to the physical health of our people absolutely but the response to immediately decide that's it we're closing our doors everyone just you know pray together at home and 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 that's enough until we figure this out it's not enough it's never been enough and it will never be enough there's no replacement for the eucharist there's no replacement for the sacraments and i think we failed by sending a message that you don't have to come to church yeah. because that's just not, it's not as important as the health of your body. The health of your soul is just as important as right. the health of your body, if not more important, because the body is mortal. The soul is immortal. It yes. lives on in eternity. Um, so again, point of all that is just to acknowledge, right, as a representative <laughs> of the church, I think we failed yeah. there. I think we could have been more creative in how we approach uh, sacramental ministry rather than just kind of closing the doors. And yeah. that contributed, certainly, again, not creating, maybe accelerating this problem of people walking away and saying, well, this isn't so important after all. Yeah. Look, they're Look, telling me themselves. So, yes. right. Um, so, yeah. What then, I guess, our question is for our discussion. Yeah. How do we communicate to our kids who are who are seeing this and who are understandably concerned they're telling us you're saying that this is the center of my life Uh you're saying that that i need the church i need 
Jesus, I need the sacraments. But look at the rest of the world. They're yeah. all walking away. Yeah. And and who's doing anything about that? What is What are the implications of that? Right. So maybe a good way to start. Alexandra, as a mom, what what would you tell your kids if they said, you know, I, I I'm picking up what you're laying down, mom, but why why is this so? Why should right. I stay? And if I do stay, how yeah. how can I sustain this in the midst of a culture that is so hostile to right. faith and religion? Right, and I think that's the main the main point, right? They they're not seeing good examples, and, or or the good examples they see. Um, are few and far between. So it's hard as a parent to raise your child in that environment. Um, but I was thinking about this and, you know, growing up, a lot of us went through CCD and we were told the what's of the faith. What is being Catholic? What are the things we're supposed to do? What is, what are the 10 commandments? All the, the what's. Um, but very rarely given the why or more specifically the who part of it. Right. And, um, our church, our faith is not primarily a list of do's and don'ts. It's primarily a relationship with Christ. And I think that those who fall away have not had that personal experience with Christ. They've learned, maybe learned all the what's, um, but it's just not enough. Right. Um, so I think the important part here is, uh, well, why am I going to stay? Why am I going to do all these? What's, why am I going to follow all these? Why is this important? And it's important because, um, I think we all want to go to heaven. Um, or at least hope that we all want to go to heaven. Um, But then there's the question of, well, what is heaven and do I believe in heaven? And I think in, I think we're all born with a sense of this eternity or of hoping for heaven. Um, so I think that's a good starting point. And then the why now leads us to search more, right? We want to go to heaven. Okay, that's our goal. So now what's the next step? Is it just doing all the things of being a good Catholic? Well, I think that's the first step. But um, Father Michael gave in his homily a week ago or two weeks ago about, he talked about Thomas Merton and Thomas Merton converted to Catholicism and said, his friend said, well, now what? And he goes, I think I'm going to work on being a good Catholic. And his friend said, no, you should work on becoming a saint. Um, and that was a discussion here because like, what does that mean? And, 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 um, and the point of the conversation was, well, we're not just going to follow all these rules and do these things because, um, that's limiting ourselves. We, we want to become a saint. We want to go to heaven and we want to develop a relationship with Christ. The hard part is teaching your child to get there. So, Maybe you and I can even just do a quick discussion about how we made those steps and how we went from like a childhood faith to a more adult faith. Yeah. I know we both have very different stories, but there's similar overlap and um, there's things that we can share. Yeah. Uh, So absolutely. And I think first just to say your point there about 
focusing on the the why and the who a mm-hmm. little bit more. Yeah. Um, not to uh, exclude the the what. I think no. we actually need more of that than we currently have. Yes. Right. Um, because then as you're exploring why and who, you have a foundation. Right. Right. That's the the brilliance be- behind, for instance, the old Baltimore Catechism. Mm-hmm. Right. It's very simple. It's just what's the first question, you know, why, <laughs> why were why? we created? Yeah. yeah. To know, love and serve God. Yeah. Now, if I have no personal experience of God at all. Right. That's going to seem a little mm-hmm. silly. Yeah. OK. Yeah. Whatever. That's what mom taught me when I was a kid. Right. But if that's then followed through and followed up by, uh, you know. We say we practice our faith for a reason. It's mm-hmm. it's practice. Mm-hmm. We've got to keep at it. Yeah. And then when we have questions come up and we think something, we say, but you know what? I know that I was created to know, love, and serve God. Maybe this is part of that. You mm-hmm. know? Whereas if we don't know that, mm-hmm. then we can e- more easily be led astray. Um, but to your point, too, about that just personal experience of Jesus, that encounter with him, that our Protestant brothers and sisters really get this right. Mm-hmm. You know, sort of uh, accepting the Lord as your Savior, yes. right? And yeah. and developing a friendship with him right on. That's yeah. absolutely true. Um, we need to focus on that a little more. Yeah. And accompany that by a sacramental life. A, yes. A practice, again, practice, practice. How do you get to Carnegie Hall? <laughs> Same way to heaven. <laughs> practice, <laughs> practice, 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 practice. Yeah. Right? Um. And so we learn those what's and then it's incumbent upon parents. Mm-hmm. And I think it's fair to say on us too, parish priests to yeah. be involved in the lives of the families of our parish and, and, and the children of our parish and, yeah. um, and to say, you know, take on a, a particular role there ourselves as well. And, and to, to lead them into it. We can't create that encounter. No, with Jesus. of course we not. We can't create, the friendship with him but we can make the introductions yes i think we talked about this in an episode a while back i'm sure we have um yeah make the introduction Mm -hmm. you know uh and and then see what god will do with it right now in terms of my own personal experience because we think perhaps a good way to answer this if a child is asking well why should i stay well here's why i did Mm -hmm. right um for me as I'm, I'm sure I've mentioned before, for a time I didn't. Yeah. Um, and I came from a good Catholic family that taught me my faith and to pray and brought me to mass every Sunday. And, um, and I never lost sight of the fact that Jesus was real yeah. or that I should be going to church. But, you know, I was, I was led astray by the lies of the evil one mm-hmm. as a, uh, as a, as a teenager, early twenties. In that time, you know, high school, college, and um, ultimately, why did I come back? Because mm-hmm. I was miserable. Yeah. It's miserable. And I think and that's, that's a common experience. Right. Yeah. I think so, too. And it's not one that you can really teach. You can share that, and we absolutely should right. share that message with our children to say, you're going to be unhappy yeah. without Jesus at the center of your life. Yeah. Um, but I think the other part is... Do they need to experience that for themselves? And that might be part of the you know, part of the process. And yeah. then we're we can lead them as much as we can, mm-hmm. but they have to 
not to say that everybody <laughs> has to leave the path no no in order to come back no. many you think of saint therese right she mm-hmm. she acknowledges in in her writing that i was preserved mm-hmm. god preserved me mm-hmm. from the world and she knew that and that's going to be the case for for many we can absolutely pray for that but if it's not then the best thing we can do is be there yeah be that loving presence that christ-like presence so when they come back yeah they find an embrace and not and i told you so right but rather welcome home you know uh and that kind of a an experience to say if you do uh, go away for a while. Yeah. When you find that you're not fulfilled, when you find that you're not happy, know that you can always come home. Right. So as you're saying that, I'm thinking through um, being the parent in that situation. Now, of course, my children, my oldest is 10, so we're not there now. But um, I need to prepare because that could be a reality. Um, hopefully it's not. We pray that it's not. But if I'm a parent in a situation and I see my child struggling, well, I don't want to. It's important that I myself have a strong faith life, because if I don't, if I'm just hanging on by the what's and and the practice or or not the practice, but the the motions of the faith, I'm not going to be able to have that empathy and that compassion. I'm not going to be able to have that trust that God knows what he's doing. And, uh, and that comes through to the child too. So, and how am I supposed to parent a child through a difficult time if I myself do not have that relationship with Christ? So I think the first step really as the parent is it's your responsibility to have your own relationship with Christ there's no way you can guide anyone else along the way if you don't have that. Um, so I think that's a big, big first step. Yeah. Um, but then as the parent, okay, well, if you see your child going through this, well, what, what, what kind of advice can, can we give and how do they develop that relationship? And I think it's going to be, it's a unique situation for everybody. Um, because my relationship is not the same as your relationship with Christ. Right. And my child's relationship will not be the same. So what's worked for me is not necessarily going to work for my child. Um, One thing, though, I think is sort of universal, again, to go back to not counting out those what's of the faith. Yeah. Those, uh, we never want to be satisfied with going through the motions. Right. But at the same time, going through those motions might be the thing yes. that saves us in yes. the end. Because... Something, I'm very sad for my generation. Mm-hmm. I really am. And it's because you have so many good people, mm-hmm. and they truly are, mm-hmm. but they're just okay with that. Yeah. And I, I've said this multiple times, uh, you know, in homilies and, and whatnot. They're satisfied living by this gospel of the good person. Yes. My heart is in a kind disposition. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really bother anyone about their personal beliefs, and 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 uh, we 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 can we can get along, and um, I haven't I haven't physically attacked anyone <laughs> or have you know yeah. I'm a good person. I 
maybe once a year I do something nice for someone, you know, that kind of a thing. Right. That is not enough. No. That is not enough. I'd rather be a a bad person who's on his way to becoming a saint <laughs> than a good person who is on the side of the road stalled out. Yeah. Um, because it's not enough. And it just makes me so sad because what you see is when they question the faith, as we're talking about right mm-hmm. now, which I think most of us eventually come to a point where we do. Yeah. We can't all be St. Therese, you yeah. know, or we no. can't all be. But um, when we when we question the faith and we wonder, well, why should I stay? We sort of see people entering into this kind of f- phase of finding themselves. You decide, well, I need to explore. Mm-hmm. Okay. Ask the questions, but within the context of the church. Yeah. Because instead the, the, they just completely leave as if that's going to help them find out why they should have stayed. Right. So to give a little, uh, practical example of this, what we see very sadly and all too often is priests who begin to doubt their vocation, Mm -hmm. um, begin to think, gosh, could this have been a mistake? I'm not happy. I'm not feeling fulfilled. Um, I don't think I made the right choice in in being ordained a priest. So I need to figure this out. And sadly, what then happens is they go away from priestly ministry. Well, how are you going to figure out that God, in fact, wants you to be a priest mm-hmm. by not living as a priest? Yeah. And so sadly, many times then they leave. Yeah. Um, I don't see how that makes any sense how can you know that i think rather what you need to do is dive in even more yeah and 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 pray 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 even when you don't feel anything from it right yeah um so we we ask god to help us persevere so that what we might be open to his grace at work within us no matter what so why should i stay well ask god that question yeah and even if it sounds like you're all you're getting is silence those motions going through them might help you at least to stay grounded because God can work through them to reveal himself to you rather than walking away, wandering away, and then wondering why he hasn't spoken to you. Have you spoken to him? Mm. You know? Yeah. On that thought, you said something as you were talking about not feeling like the vocation's right or not feeling happy or not you you talked a couple times about feeling and i think i don't as you're saying it it doesn't seem like it's a strictly a priestly thing i think married people go through that Absolutely. i think um as so many relationships end because people didn't feel in love yeah um and this is something that I really want to teach my children is that faith is not primarily about how we feel. And our relationship with God is not primarily about how we feel. And if we stake our beliefs on how we feel, we're probably going to go wrong. Absolutely. we will. Because for a long time, I felt like I wanted to do a lot of things that weren't Christ-like. I felt like they were the right thing. They were not the right thing. And I felt like um, at times I felt despair and I felt alone 
but that is, was not true. I was never alone. So a lot of times our feelings are, are not true. Um, and that our feelings can be guideposts and can lead us to places, but we have to pay attention to those and not dictate our decisions based on them. And, you know, we may feel at a certain time very distant from God, or we, we may feel worry or anxiety that God is not with us, or we may feel like we're never going to be able to do this Catholic thing or this become a saint thing. But it could be those feelings are God calling you to a, a deeper relationship. It could be God giving you a wake-up call. It could be a bunch of different things. And um, remembering that God gives us peace. God gives us joy. God gives us um, any of the fruits of the Spirit, right? Anxiety is not one of them. But he can use anxiety to bring us back. And when we hone our skills in understanding our feelings, it helps a lot on the journey as well. Also to know that God is Mm all-powerful. And if we're not feeling the consolation, my spiritual director in seminary told me uh, rather sternly, and I'm grateful to him for it because... I must have been telling him about how I was struggling with this, that, or the other thing, and that I just wasn't fit. And he, he, he got rather firm, and he said, "Stop equating grace. Stop equating God's work in your life with spiritual consolation." Yes. Um, Which is this is like a big. This this is like something that you're not. We're not taught as children. Right. So. What is spiritual consolation? Well, have you had a moment where you're either in prayer or not even necessarily you're intentionally praying, but you have just that moment where mm-hmm. all of a sudden you really feel warm and fuzzy inside mm-hmm. and you go, wow, God is so good. Mm-hmm. I know that he's right here with me. I right. can feel, I can sense his love for me. I Or, you know, Think of any, and I think we've all had at least yeah. one experience yeah. like that in our lives. Most of the time, we don't have that experience, right? You know, it doesn't mean he's absent. Think of um, the apostles are in the boat in the midst of the storm at sea, and Jesus is taking a nap. Mm-hmm. They feel like he is asleep. He's not listening. He's mm-hmm. not there. What the heck is going on with this guy? He's supposed to help us out, and he wakes up. And says, Fellas, <laughs> I'm right here. I got this. Yeah. He calms the storm. And the lesson is you, you didn't feel my presence, mm-hmm. but I was here. Yeah. And in control. I wanted you to yeah. experience that storm. Right. And something that's, you know, just coming to me now, take that a little further. I wanted you to experience that storm. Yes. Because that's reality in this imperfect world. But yeah. I also wanted you to see that I was able to sleep. Mm-hmm. Because I am perfect peace itself. Mm-hmm. And the more you conform to me, the more closely united to me that you are, the more at peace you will be. Mm-hmm. And you'll be able to sleep too. Yeah, You'll be able to, as I love this, Pope John the 23rd uh, would at the end of the day, he would pray. He Now, I'm just a, a lowly parochial vicar. I'm not even the pastor of the parish. And I know something about being concerned about 
the needs of the people, the the failures that I've, you know, I've the ways I've failed in the day, and wh- how am I going to handle this situation? That's just on a parish level where I'm not even in charge. Mm-hmm. This man was the Pope, yeah, <laughs> and he would somehow be able to, at the end of the day, go before the tabernacle and say, "Lord, I've done my best today. It's your <laughs> church. I'm going to sleep." <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we could go on and on, but really maybe could. by way of wrapping up, I, um, I, I just want to encourage our children and uh, and our parents and and our godparents who are doing this great divine work of raising these children. Why should you stay? That's for Jesus to tell you. Yeah. So ask him. Ask him. And. Don't be afraid when it it seems like he's silent Mm -hmm. because he usually is in in terms of our senses. But in some way in his time, he will show you. And I don't think we really can say too much more except to show them our own lives. Yeah. And how either through words or just our own inner peace, our own serenity our relationship with Jesus, that in fact, he's real. He is love and mercy in itself. He wants that with each of us. Um, and, and, and if you go astray, mm-hmm. know that you can always come home. Yeah. Perfect. Let's end there. Okay. All right. We, we went a little bit long. We were going to answer another question. Should we save that for the next time? Okay. So we'll save our other question for next time. Yeah. Okay. Thanks for being here. Um, as always, if you'd like to send us questions, you can send us an email at raisingsaintspodcast at gmail.com. You can send us a message on Anchor. You can email us, whatever. Find us on social media. You can get us to all those ways. And the car, oh, come to St. Columba. I am sorry. <laughs> I actually, hang on a second. Um, Speaking of sending us questions, um, I have a friend. Her name is Amy Brooks. She has written these two wonderful journals for young children. They're called Be Yourself Journals. There's one for girls and one for boys. They're suited for maybe ages nine through teen, early teens. And Amy has graciously given us one of each to give away. And uh, we'll be doing it over on our social media accounts over the course of the next week. The only thing you have to do to be entered is to send us a question in any way. You can email us. You can send us a message on uh, social media. You can send us a message on Anchor. All you have to do to be entered is to send us your question. um, And you will be entered in the drawing for a Be Yourself journal. If you'd like to check them out, she's selling them um, through her website, uh, Prayer Wine Chocolate or through Amazon. Again, it's the Be Yourself Journals by Amy Brooks, and I will be posting those to our social media accounts this week. Stay tuned. Thanks so much. Bye. Thanks for listening to Raising Saints. We hope you've enjoyed this episode and learned something about the faith, the church, and God. Most importantly, we hope you've heard God's voice as he calls out to you in love, as he calls you to a friendship with himself, as he calls you to be a saint. Until next time, God bless you.